Welcome to another episode of the Spoon Mob Podcast. This is another mini update episode with Chef Andrew Smith, who's returning to the podcast to chat about his forthcoming restaurant, Isla. Previously, we had Andrew on kind of the end of the first year, season one, if you will. And we talked about his food at Rock Mill, where he worked, you know, how he got in the industry, obviously from Portland, moving back to Columbus, um, you know, doing Roy's Ave Supper Club, all that kind of stuff, which was uh, amazing. You know, we've experienced it firsthand. It's a um, super awesome experience uh, when you get to go to as well. They're working on readying their restaurant, him and his wife, Devaney. Isla, which is actually going to be in the Marion Village area. So he kind of teased a little bit about it on that previous time he was on the podcast. So you can go and check out that episode if you haven't listened to it. Uh, I think it's episode number 38, I believe, back in the feed. But with Isla, you know, they're getting ready to open that, shooting for kind of early 2024. But we get into kind of all the details of what's happened since he's last been on the podcast with raising awareness of the concept, finding the space construction, where they're at in the process, ideas for the menu, all that stuff. So cool little mini update, probably the most anticipated restaurant for 2024 now for Columbus uh, is one of the most anticipated restaurants for this year. Just things got pushed back as we kind of touch on. So um, you can follow Andrew on Instagram at Chef A. Smith. And then also the other account that they have, they used to have a Roy's Ave Supper Club account, but I think they kind of merged that into the Isla account too as well. So the other account is just at Isla underscore R-A-S-C. So Roy's Ave Supper Club abbreviated. So it's I-S-L-A underscore R-A-S-C. It'll come up when you search it and that you'll get all the updates from Roy's Ave Supper Club and also Isla as they do different pop-ups and events and stuff around town here over the course of the fall. Follow us on Instagram too as well at Spoon Mob. Check out our website, spoonmob.com. Uh, different profiles, links to all the different episodes, food photos, wine photos, all that stuff's up there. Contact portal too as well. You can write in questions, comments, feedback. And, uh, also make sure to subscribe, follow to the podcast, uh, whatever platform that you use, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, uh, YouTube. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel there too as well. All the updates and everything from all of our previous guests, you can find all that stuff through any of those avenues. Our link tree and our Instagram bio too will get you to kind of all that stuff as well. So check out uh, whatever kind of way you prefer. Yeah, here's my conversation with Chef Andrew Smith with an update on the progress with Isla, their forthcoming restaurant here in Columbus, Ohio. Cool. So since the last time that you were on this podcast, a few things have changed. So you're still moving forward ahead with the restaurant concept, Isla, but you've done a few different pop-ups and stuff around, but now you're kind of really getting into kind of the meat and potatoes of the restaurant, building it out and everything. So I want to touch on some of that stuff, but the concept overall, that's shifted a little bit, I think, right? So it's now going to be more of a full service restaurant probably than I think originally you were planning Versus kind of like a supper club, kind of a couple nights a week format, or is it still going to be kind of the same? Same format. Yeah, the the plan hasn't changed as far as um, the way we conduct our services. Uh, it'll still be an extension of the supper club, just under a different name, Isla. Right now, we're projecting to do two seatings a night, two to three nights a week, and each seating will be 12 to 14 people. So like a Thursday through Saturday kind of deal or something like that? Yeah, we haven't completely figured out the days. They leave a day in between to regroup a day in between each service. We do have one of our nights of service will include um, a chef's counter. 
seating. So we do have a, a counter that overlooks the kitchen that seats six people. We'll sell that once a week, those six seats. So our two seats, 12 to 14, and then we'll do a, a six-seater at the chef's counter on top of it. One thing that has changed is the location, though. Originally, it was supposed to be Westgate. Now it's going to be Marion Village. We kind of just needed to get moving. The west side uh, is still a great space, and we, we are in talks still to do something on the west side. And we're very excited about that. Uh, right now, we just we needed to get moving with the restaurant and get that started first uh, before we did anything else. And we felt like Marion Village was a better space for us for what we wanted to do. So the new space that you have in Marion Village, where are you at with the process? Everything's been gutted, right? I think from the Instagram video, it looked like everything was kind of wiped out. Plans are kind of, you know, where everything's going to kind of fit, I think. Yeah, we like somewhat of a visual idea. Uh, in our minds about where things are going to go, but we're still working with architects, uh, raising money. And uh, and then once we get some things signed and start moving forward with drawings and we'll have a better idea of a timeline, we're headed in the right direction. So once construction kind of begins, probably targeting a winter 2024 opening somewhere in there? Yeah, somewhere around there. We would love it if it was before the end of the year, but we know how things go. You never know. What was the the new space? Was it anything in particular before you guys took it over? Was it a previous restaurant or anything or a previous bakery? Okay, so there is some infrastructure there, but it might just not be in the location that you kind of need it. It yeah, it was a bakery that had a, a large kitchen in the back and then a retail space in the front. The retail space in the front is going to be a, a coffee shop called Jennings Java. And then where the bakery's kitchen was in the back, that entire kitchen is our restaurant. They basically split the one previous business into two new businesses. Okay. So you guys won't have any affiliation with the coffee shop, just essentially neighbor up front. Yeah, exactly. You've been doing, you know, some collabs, uh, you know, did a couple guest chef dinners at Jollity, did a sandwich collab with the Locks, another sandwich collab with the Warios, doing some pop-ups at Lawbird. How much of these events, pop-ups, collabs you're doing, how much is it kind of fundraising and awareness versus menu and dish development for what eventually you're going to open? It's a little of both. The The menu development is uh, it's a slightly different process for, for us. I usually write a menu and then two weeks later we produce it. The actual service and the, and all that we feel really good about. Right now, the pop-ups and the collaborations are, like you said, to help raise money for the restaurant and then to build awareness what it is that we want to do and to try to give people a preview of what to expect at the restaurant. So you're pretty big on using all of an ingredient. The one dish you did, I think at Jolity, it was like a chorizo dish, but it was kind of components left over like salmon or there's a few other things there's i think some onions in there and it just all kind of came together and kind of a randomness but it's super delicious does that philosophy make it easier or harder when you're trying to come up with dishes for what's going to be one of the first you know menus of the new restaurant i think it makes it easier because that's that's been our philosophy for the last like four years is waste utilization. It actually started when I worked at Rock Mill, if I'm being honest. Um, it kind of became something that was important to us in the kitchen there. I was trying to utilize um, as much of the, the product that we had, not just so that we could make more money, but so that it would keep us creative in what we did 
And it also made us sleep better at the end of the day. That's a big part of what we do is trying to utilize as much product that we have. And like, how can we cross something over instead of just getting rid of it so that we can do something new and fun? Like we kind of have to force ourselves into this like waste utilization and then we can go in that direction so that we could head back into the creative direction. Definitely part of the process. And if it wasn't there, I feel like we would just be throwing stuff out left and right so that we could do something fun and new all the time. Food should be a progression, in my opinion, uh, when, especially when you're cooking. There should be a progression of not just flavor, but utilization of ingredients. Any ideas or themes for kind of the, the opening couple you know, menus? Are you going to focus more on a specific region or is it just going to be kind of based on delicious food or seasonality of when you guys open? Seasonality will always play a part, um, but we generally don't have themes to what we do. We just try to cook what we want to eat and we hope other people like it. Um, but we have talked about maybe the first menu uh, for Isla being like a, a best of for the like the last four and a half years that all the best dishes that we've done are the ones that people have enjoyed the most. So we, we may do some kind of iteration of that, but that's as much of a theme as we've probably ever done. If you wind up going down the path with that theme, how do you pick however many dishes you're going to need out of four years? Do you have like catalog previous dishes or photos that you can go and reference and be like, oh yeah, we did that or, or whatever? Yeah, we have lots of photos. We also have every... Um, Every brainstorm that I've done for every menu, all the way from like chicken scratch to the fully detailed like shopping guide and prep lists and everything. So I have like three different documents for each menu that I've ever done in the last four and a half years. So I can go back and refer to. And that way we can build off of past dishes, go back and look at them and say, you know, this was great. How do we make it better? Or we hated this. Let's never do it again. With kind of the menu set up, like you mentioned, there's going to be a chef's counter once a week and then probably two or three nights for a dining room there, uh, two different seatings. Will the menus be different or will they be the same menu? So the chef's counter menu and the regular dining room menu will be pretty much the same with the exception of maybe an additional course at the chef's counter. The other difference is that there won't be a full staff on that night. It'll just be my wife and I cooking. Like I'll be cooking and she'll be serving the six people. So it'll be the two of us and the six of them. So it's very intimate. Um, yeah. We can give deeper explanations of the food and provide a little more of an experience. But we also reach for that in the dining room as well. Everything that we do should produce an experience, not just a restaurant experience. And that's what we're shooting for. That if someone came into the restaurant and only ate once their entire life, hopefully they would remember it the rest of their life. That's what we're going. How big of a team are you going to need to do this? Because like usually it's you, maybe one other two people at Roy's Ave, right? Like Lorenzo, sometimes I know Jay's helped out before, right? But what are you going to need to execute Isla when it fully is open because you're going to need some front of the house people too as well. I mean, I'm sure you can find established people that are willing to pick up shifts depending on you know what night it is, but have you figured out kind of the complexion that you're going to need of, of everyone? Yeah, the largest our staff will get for opening will be six people total, including myself and Devaney. Um, like I said before, we are very minimal in everything that we do. So we don't 
need a ton of people in there uh, as long as the people are seasoned in what they're doing and you know share the same passion for what we're doing but we have our entire team already picked out and we just did a dinner at the locks bagel shop the other night and our entire team was there doing the dinner so that was really nice to, to have everybody under the same roof and it's all people that i've worked with before and when we get closer we can talk more about who those people are because i know that they're gonna have to you know maybe give notice at other jobs or let the cat out of the bag too soon but um, we do have our staff and we're really excited about it and we love them so you guys are in the middle kind of of a indiegogo fundraising campaign for the restaurant you guys posted a video and everything kind of did a walkthrough of the idea of the layout it's gonna be a bar area right the chef's counter you talked about the dining area were those things you had to kind of figure out how to get them in the space like you knew you wanted those components but you just had to figure out how, where do we put them based on the current plumbing, electrical, all that stuff? Or did the space structure dictate what you wound up putting in there? Well, the kitchen area, like there's a, um, all the duct work for, for a hood. So is already there. So, and the plumbing for the dish tank area is already there. There are a lot of things that are already in place that we don't have to move. And if we had the option to, we probably wouldn't because it's laid out pretty well. Uh, part that we're trying to figure out right now is the entryway. We're going to have a little lounge area with a small bar and the dining room area. Uh, we're just trying to figure out the layout of that right now. But as far as the kitchen goes and dry storage and just it's already there. With the fundraising aspect, where is most of that money that you guys are raising going towards? Is that kitchen equipment? Is that permitting? Is that construction? All of the above. Yeah, we have a hood to put in. We have a liquor license to get. We have equipment that we need to purchase. And then we have a small amount of construction that needs done. Yeah, it's all going towards that. Based on your conversations with your architect, your general contractor, if you have one, are you anticipating a whole lot of delays once kind of the process gets moving after permitting? I remember like Matt from Preston's, like he was waiting forever on like, walk-ins i think uh josh over at spec like the whole restaurant got delayed because of a electrical box <laughs> was like the only holdup for like two months so like is that stuff still going on or is it kind of the supply chain kind of evened out a little bit so you're not anticipating too too many delays i mean obviously there are going to be some that are unforeseen but we'll always anticipate delays and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the contractor or the architect or anything like that it's just the way the city works and things take time and there are lots of unexpected things that happen throughout the restaurant opening process and i've never done one for myself but i've been a part of several openings and it always takes longer than you think there's never a, a perfect timeline for opening a restaurant jordan anthony brown down in cincinnati i mean you i think did a pop-up dinner with him down there i think right he's going through it and it's just like uh, that guy, he's been through some struggles with that space. The pandemic really got to him, but I'm pulling for him, though. With what you guys got going on between now and kind of when you guys think you're going to be opening, what other stuff are you going to be doing? I mean, you've done some collabs and everything. Obviously, you have the lobber dinners that are at the end of every month uh, that you guys are doing, kind of the pop-up dinners, right? Anything else kind of on the horizon that you might be doing? I've tried not to book too much for the next couple of months, just because 
Our dinner services are so detailed that they require so much of our time. If we keep booking dinners, which we could, it would pull me away from getting the restaurant open. You know, sometimes I cooking a menu or prepping and then I completely forget that we're actually opening a restaurant and I have to stop and remind myself that I need to make time for that. We have some other fundraisers lined up. Uh, We're going to be having a table at the Columbus Cocktail Classic on the 3rd of September. We're doing something at Seven Sun for the Craft Beer Week, but it's coming up in September as well, I think. Uh, We're also going to be doing a a collab pizza with Poly G's, which we're really excited about. Yeah, we have a few other things to help raise money uh, for the restaurant and build awareness for it. So, you know, we're just trying to, to be efficient with our time that we have left before it opens. With uh, the pop-ups at Lawbird, how challenging is that? Because they don't have a full kitchen in there, right? Like it's just, I don't want to say makeshift kitchen, but I remember Tyler working over there and like, there's just certain components that you just don't have available. So do you have to do a lot of it, a lot of the prep and stuff offsite? Some of the prep is done offsite. Some of it's done there. Uh, one of the things that we pride ourselves in is being able to cook anywhere. And we've proven that. I mean, we did a dinner up in Hawking Hills where there were no running water and no electricity. And we just cooked over a fire for a bunch of people. Like certain things end up happening. But as long as we know what's in the space we're going to be in, we can write a menu based on the equipment that is provided to us. And uh, even though there's no hood at Lobber, they've done a really good job of being able to, you know, produce a good amount of food out of there. Um, and we've done several dinners out of there and had success every time. So knowing your, like understanding your surroundings and knowing what you have to work with and then not going outside of that box. Any chance that we could eventually see you as part of a in friends dinner with Matt? Uh, I would love that a lot. We really love Matt. He's a good friend of ours and he's an amazing chef and uh, been wanting to do a collab with him for a while. And he's asked us a couple of times, but it just has not worked out with the timing. There have been a few dates that we were out of town or we had something else going on. The one coming up, we wanted to even, we wanted to attend the one that's coming up, but we're going to be out of state. So it's just, as soon as we get the timing, I'll be there. And then once we get the restaurant open, that is something that we also really are looking forward to is bringing other chefs in from around the city and other friends that we have that cook and doing collaborations with them and just trying to make things fun and interesting so that we don't get bored. I'm not super familiar with the Marion Village area, but where you guys are going to be located, is that pretty easy to access? I mean, I know the, the brewery district where we used to live is a giant nightmare right now because of all the construction stuff that they're doing and that kind of feeds into the southern part of downtown. But where you guys are going to be at, pretty straightforward for people to get to? Yeah. I mean, if you go down High Street past the White Castle by the freeway, it's just up there a couple blocks. You turn left and you go back into the Marion Village neighborhood and there's no paid parking back there. It's all like plenty of like free parking all around the space there. We actually have a parking lot and then there's lots of street parking. So it's very accessible. Well, we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's one of the most anticipated restaurants, I think, you know, on the dock. Uh, some other people, you know, obviously open spec opened, Avishar opened his place. There's a few other things I think that are scheduled to open. I think some of the Cameron Mitchell stuff already opened. That's been getting a lot of publicity, but you guys always seem to come up to as well. It's just, everybody's like, well, when are they going to open? They're working on this thing, they're working on this thing. And it, it takes time. It's a lot of background stuff 
that I think people don't realize with just how much paperwork you have to do. And if you want to have a liquor license and you have to get everything signed off on, and sometimes it's even, you can only do one part of the construction and then the next part has to get permitted and, and so on and so forth and kind of stair steps. So, but yeah, we're looking forward to it. I mean, we got to try the Wario sandwich. That was delicious. Uh, we didn't make it to the locks for that, but I mean, it's one of the jolly things that you did too as well. And that was a lot of fun with uh, Brendan and, and Zach over there. So we want to make it back out there too, to see those guys, but they're working on their Koji burger and everything, but it's a really good burger. And they always usually do like a couple other things, a couple other sandwiches and stuff. And it, it seems like they're either found a space or pretty close to finding a space to kind of spin that off onto. We'll be popping up somewhere where you're at eventually. It's just scheduling uh, for us with the little one now. We'll eventually uh, pop up at one of the things that you're at and, and see you and uh, check in and everything and definitely be, I'm sure, one of the first at uh, Isla once you guys have it open. Thank you, man. Big thanks again to Andrew for coming back on the podcast, taking some time out of his day to give an update on Isla and the progress that they've made and kind of additional things that they got to do before they open. So it's going to be an amazing concept. I have no doubt the food's going to be awesome and the decor will be awesome too as well with Devony kind of doing a lot of the decorating, the plants and all that stuff too as well, kind of running the front of the house uh, operations too. So really looking forward to it opening and then getting to try it ourselves um you know doing the chef's counter and, and everything too as well so super excited for something to look forward to in early 2024 again you can follow him on instagram at chef a smith and then also at isla underscore rasc are the two accounts um, all updates news for roy's ab supper club and isla the restaurant any pop-ups or special events that they're doing all that stuff will be put out there too as well uh, you can still donate to the indiegogo campaign that they have going i think there's like a week left or so so if you want to be involved with that help support them as they are raising money for kitchen equipment and permitting and construction and all that stuff um, you can donate to that that link's still up and open and then also, you know, support them through whatever pop-ups that they have coming up. They do lava pop-ups at the end of every month. As Andrew mentioned, he's got a few other things on the schedule too. Something they're going to do with Seventh Sun. Also the Columbus Cocktail Classic at the beginning of September, they're going to do some stuff too as well. So, and they'll pop up here and there, I'm sure in between with uh, different things um, as they kind of get announced. So um, you can help support them that way too as well. Thing with Poly G's uh, when they do the pizza collab. So that'll be awesome to see too and, and try out as well. Make sure to follow us on Instagram too as well. That's Spoon Mob. We're on all the other social medias. We put updates on TikTok. Don't really do much with Twitter X anymore. Reddit's hit or miss. Just kind of depends on how we're feeling. Just depends on how the uh, Reddit uh, vibe is flowing, I guess, uh, at that time period. Yeah, make sure to check out our Instagram. Let's put up a bunch of different updates, all the guests, links to the episodes to incorporate food photos and the stories and everything. Kind of shifting towards posts will mainly be about kind of new episodes of the podcast and guests and then a lot of the food stuff will kind of wind up in the stories i think it just kind of seems to make a little bit more sense from a format standpoint with the changes to instagram and their algorithm and everything still not really going to be investing any time in reels um that's i just don't really want to do any video content i know that's the popular thing but um it's very time consuming and i like photography more than videos so that's kind of where we're going to be sticking. Yeah, we'll still throw up some some food photos and everything um, in their individual posts. But all the photos and everything can check out the website. They all go up there first. We have photos from Hiraith, photos from Anne Friends Dinner with the Bincho Boys, a return visit to Agni at their bar. So all that stuff is up there 
on the website. So check all this stuff out. Eventually it'll make its way to Instagram, but it always hits there first. That's why you want to check out the website uh, every once in a while if you haven't. And then, you know, just make sure to follow, uh, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform that you're using, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, YouTube. Um, you can follow or subscribe to the channel there too as well. But that is it for this week's mini update. We will have another mini update episode next week uh, too as well. And uh, we will have a new episode for you on Thursday too. So be on the lookout for that. And we will talk to you guys later.